Cry aloud, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose, a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose? to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and to not hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt and you shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach the restorer of streets to dwell in. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father, who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, 
that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Lord, we ask that you'd speak to us now through your word in Christ's name. Amen. Welcome to Ash Wednesday. This is, depending on how often you've done this, this might be very new or it might be something that you've grown up with. Um, And however you are, you know, whatever has led you to this point, you're welcome. Uh, Because the scriptures remind us as we start this season of Lent that there's a good way and there's a way that is less than edifying. Not that it's bad, it's just not going to do anything for you uh, to go through Lent. Uh, at breakfast this morning with um, some friends, as before uh, we broke up, we said, you know, the last thing I need is another diet. Well, I might, but it's, when I say these things, I'm so glad there aren't any amens from the um, congregation. Um, it isn't about physical things. You know, it isn't really about trying to do something um, so that others can see that we're taking things seriously. It's about the heart, which is of no, no real surprise because we are accustomed to a culture that is so um, quick to sell us something that will solve all of our problems. Ash Wednesday is a strange day because it's a day where we go counter the culture, and as we do go counter the culture, we really seek to remember three things. And the first thing is that we have limits. We have limits. I cannot do everything. I cannot, despite the time management software that I can buy for $30 a month, I cannot cram two days into a day. Even if I take part in the best nutrient-maximizing protocol for nutrition, I will not be able to run an eight-minute mile. I'm, I'm like Gimli the Dwarf. I'm good over long distances, but bad, you know, I just won't be very fast, right? I have limits. And it's important to remember that we have limits because it's only when we really remember that we have limits that we see that there is a a gift in that, hidden in that for us from God. The second thing we're here to remember First is that we have limits. The second is that we have needs. We have needs. I, uh, control is just an illusion. And no matter how well we word things or do things, there are times when we are in a place where we suddenly have needs. I was speaking to someone who had for a long time found him, had been married, and then his wife had deceased, and was all of a sudden thrust back into a world he didn't know, which was marked by dating and apps and everything in between, and he was in his 
late 50s, and he said, the first day went better than I could have imagined, but I need to see you first thing tomorrow. And I said, okay. So we met, and I said, what, what happened? He said, oh, it was fantastic. We had dinner, we connected. And I said, well, where do you need the help? He said, I may have left 13 voicemails between the time the date ended and two in the morning. I said, I'm afraid I can't help you. Did you not think of texting? He says, I did text as well. Now that's a funny example, isn't it? But there are moments, and we've all been there, when we've suddenly realized that we need help with relationships that we can't unscramble this omelet ourselves. And then maybe to do with relationships, maybe something else, but in a moment, you're gonna be invited up to do a very strange thing, which is to have ashes put on your forehead, and an uncomfortable verse from Genesis chapter three said, as those ashes go on, and the words are, remember you are dust, and to dust you return. Not a very good, not even a blessing, right? It's basically saying, remember, you are finite and you will one day die. The power comes in the shape, the ashes. We don't, we've learned not to just heap ashes in people's eyes because it leads to mess on the carpet we can't clean and other things, but instead we very precisely mark the ashes in the shape of a cross. And this points us to the third thing that we're here to remember tonight, that yes, we are finite, we have limits, yes, we have needs, but there is one who has come, who has become a curse on a tree, so that we might receive what we need and be helped by someone who has unlimited resources, and he is seated even now on the throne of grace, and he is with us in real time. The challenge with our culture is that it makes no room for the transcendent. That's the challenge of secularism. But as we remember that we have limits, we have needs, and as those words are said, and as the ashes are placed in the sign of a cross, what was once a curse is transformed because we are marked with evidence and a sign that death has been defeated, sin has been overcome, and one day he will return and we will be with him. And yet we have this season. And the season of Lent isn't to put on outward appearances that we're miserable, though some of us are better at it than others. Um, it is to remind ourselves that as we remember these things, we are actually preparing ourselves to embrace the glory of the resurrection and the truth of his love at Easter. I, as you can see, I hate fasting. But the importance of fasting is I say to myself and as I say to God, Lord Jesus, I would love to eat a pound of brisket right now. And as much as I would love it, and as much as it would nourish my body, I want you more. 
I need you more. Now, you don't have, I, I pray you do not all fast from barbecue because it, it doesn't matter. It, it isn't specific to an item, but it's choosing something and saying, as much, Lord Jesus, as this brings me joy, I choose for a season to put it aside and say, as much as I enjoy this, my heart longs for you more. I walked into a parishioner's house not long ago, and I thought it'd be great to surprise them with supper, and I brought it in. When I said, can I serve you something? He said, no, I'm, I'm fasting. I said, really? I said, why? And she said, because there's been another shooting in Rosalind, where the community center is where we operate, and try as best we can, we can't stop the violence. And so I fast. At some point, we all come to a place where we realize there has to be another way. And that way has been brought to us by Jesus. And it's incredible to me that in this moment, we've learned that 10,000 people would seek to descend upon the town of Asbury in Kentucky to worship the Lord Jesus. And there are stories of other gatherings amongst university campuses around the country where there is this movement of, of seeking to praise, and it speaks to me that people are realizing with new eye, new sight, new foresight, that there has to be more. And it's also telling that people are becoming incredibly excited about the fact that Jesus is alive, that the lamb who was slain has begun his reign, and is seated on the throne of grace. So friends, welcome to Ash Wednesday. We invite you to take part in this. And in a moment, we're going to pray, and you'll be invited to come down to receive the imposition of ashes. There will be, uh, Chris and I will be on either side. And as you come down, we will say, remember you are dust, and to dust you will return. And those words, first uttered as a curse, have become a powerful reminder that the curse has been destroyed and that he has come to redeem, to restore, and to bring life.